Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. And then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, We have children's ministry available for both services. And if you need to get more information on the church, you can go to calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, today we'll be in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verses 1 through 23, as we begin this verse-by-verse study. The title of this sermon is, Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. And that's how we need to be as Christians. You have victory already. You have victory. Knowing that your your prayer needs to have feet, need to have actions, man, it, it, it creates just this... Man, people get behind that. And they, they step alongside of you and want to be a part of that because they, they see what God is trying to do. They, they catch the vision of what the Lord is trying to do. And so your prayer cannot just be prayer. It needs to be, hey, this is the step of faith that God's given me to do. Man, let me tell you something. We, we were in a little room probably about this size when we started. And we had started having kids come, and, and we needed a place for the kids. And all we had was a sound room, which was actually a studio. And every Sunday, I was afraid what, what, what was going to get broken. There was guitars on the walls. Or, I was just like, it's just a matter of time before something expensive broke. And then we moved into the VFW. And it's tripled the size. And we're still a small group. We, we really don't fit. We could be in a small room. We'd be all right. It's just we needed a place for the kids because we started having more kids come. Um, and so Teresa ended up getting this wonderful classroom. It's the high school from 1903. And, and so she has a classroom with the original chalkboards and the whole nine yards, which the kids have no clue what those are, which they <laughs> love drawing on, right? But the reality of it is when we, when it was, we did a night of worship. For the city. We were going to pray for the city. Everybody was coming out of COVID. We planted the church during COVID. So we're, we did a night of worship, which people were like, you can't do the night of worship. It's COVID. It's like, we're just going to do the night of worship. We met somebody at the VFW. They said, come to the VFW. You can have it. And we did it. And we, we had a wonderful amount of people show up. We were blessed. We encouraged a lot of people. We weren't there in competition with any church. We were like, what church you go to? They're like, then get back to church. Mm-hmm. Get back to church. It's time to get back to church. Churches are open and you need to get back to your church. And so we were just encouraging them to do that. And through that, we made the connection for the BFW. And, and, but it, we've prayed and then I was like, we're just going to go ahead and let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, Lord. 
that's when all the fun began. And everybody has an opinion. But you know what? There were, there were those people that prayed alongside of us that were like, let's go. Let's go ahead and see what happens. And that's what you need. And trust that. Just trust that. One of the things that we do know is that when we don't pray, what happens? Look at Peter. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 40 and 41, it says, And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. Three times they were found sleeping. And he said to Peter, so, uh, so you could not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. That's the problem we have is our flesh is weak. And we don't want to spend our time. You're going to win all your battles on your knees praying. That's actually the vision for our church for 2023. Is we need to be more of a praying church. And unfortunately, this is one of the things that, that as a pastor that that I, I see that we need to we need to take more emphasis on. Mm-hmm. But I, the the last thing I want is any of my people to fall asleep in the garden mm-hmm. and fall into temptation because just a few hours later Peter sent. Mm-hmm. Verse ten it says in Judah and uh, verse ten Nehemiah said in Judah it was said the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble by ourselves. We may not be able to rebuild the wall. Now they begin to get discouragement. They find out that they're going to be attacked. And the discouragement starts to happen. And that's what happens to a church. That's what happens to a marriage. That's what happens to a family when discouragement enters. We get fearful. And we start walking by sight and not by faith. In 1 Samuel 17.11, And when Saul and Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They saw the giant Goliath, and they froze in fear. See, faith is not believing that God can, but believing and knowing in your heart that God will. You have to understand, like it's it's knowing that that God's going to do this. In verse eleven, it says, "And our enemies said that they will not, uh, they will uh, will not know or see till we come again uh, among them, kill them, and stop the work." And at at that time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us ten times, "You must return to us." So now they have people that are from the outside cities coming into Jerusalem, saying, "Hey, look, they're going to kill you." And, and they're getting this. And I love this, that the detail of this. It says that they, they said to us ten times. Ten times. That is the enemy. Ten times he's going to scare them and try to plot against them and create fear in them. Do you realize that some fear is no fear at all? That, that a lot of times, most of our worrying, the thing never comes to pass. Yeah. And that's what the enemy wants. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 8, and it says, And the officer shall speak further to the people and say to them, Is there any man who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go back to his house, lest he make, his, make the heart of his fellow, uh, fellows melt like his own. I love that because he tells them, look, if, if, you're, if you're fearful, if you're faint-hearted, go home. Mm. 
Go home. Because what happens is when you're fearful and faint-hearted, you bring that into the person next to you. And you start, man, I'm really worried about this. And next thing you know, you got the next person worried about it. That's why God tells them, hey, just send them home. Send them home. I don't need them. He, he, he exempts those soldiers. He's like, they're going to they're gonna create problems with the others. And so when we, when we have life's battles, the problems with us as followers of Christ is we prefer to believe the battles is make-believe. We, we don't like cancer. We resent disability. We don't want crippling accidents or migraine headaches or, or whatever it is that we deal with. What you want is you want the cruise ship. You want to sit in the boat. You want to be entertained. You want smooth waters. The best food. You don't want anything to mess your hair up. You want, you want to keep, and this is where the church is, you want to keep looking strong and adequate and have all the right answers. And you don't. And you don't. You want to be armchair warriors for God. And so, one of the things you need to understand, and if you're a follower of Christ, if you're a child of God, you are not on a cruise ship. You are on a battleship. That's right. Big time. Okay? You're on a battleship. And if nobody's told you that, you're being told now. And and one of the things that I, I know for most people, they would never want to hear the words terminal. It's terminal. But if you're a follower of Christ, that's why people be healed. You, you, you go, there are times when people are healed. There's a little girl in Divine that, that she was, man, she was on death's door. Needed a, a kidney, 14 years old. They didn't think she was going to get it in the time. She just had surgery this week. Kidney mm-hmm. took. And, and, and I talked to Dan, who's her pastor. Dan told me, he goes, man, that child is on fire. Like He goes, I feel like, as a pastor, like, man, I need to learn from her. Mm-hmm. But you know what happens when you get that close to death? Your relationship with God gets that stronger because you're so close to, to being with Him. And, and, and as we look at it, it's not the cruise ship mentality, it's a battleship. Think about it. Every time my son gave me this, so I'm getting this from my son. He taught this last week. I said, I'm taking that. So <laughs> Matthew did this. But remember, as you, our, our mission is what? The Great Commission. And every time one of those F-15s or F-16s or whatever they are now, F-18s, we're getting old. And so... Um, one of those gets sent out. It's being what? It's sent out on a mission. The battleship refuels it and then sends them back out again. That's what the church is. We're, we're a battleship. So understand that, that their enemy is going to come after you with everything he's got. Verse 13 says, So the lowest part of the space built behind the wall in open places, I stationed the people and their clans with their swords, with their spears and their bows. So Nehemiah is understands what's going to happen and so he starts positioning people 
And one of the things I love about this with Nehemiah is Nehemiah knew exactly where everything was in that city because in chapter 2, at nighttime, when nobody knew it, Nehemiah went and inspected the wall. Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king, which is like being the, the, the head of the, the White House next to the president. He would have been that person that was there to make sure everything is running smoothly. And, and so he went and inspected it. He knew where everything was at. And so he starts stationing people where they need to be. That's what a good leader does. In James chapter 2, verse 17, it says, uh, so, uh, Also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So again, what are they doing? Back to the work. Let's get back to the work. Hey, there are enemies coming. Let's get back to the work. Let's just do what God's calling us to do. And, and it's an understanding that every Christian, God has prepared a work for you. He's prepared something for you to do. You're not saved uh, by works. You're saved by grace. But I love that because you're His workmanship. And it's like before, even before you even gave your life to Christ, He's like, I have these works already set for you. And you have to step into them and do them. Verse 14 says, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and said to the rest of the people, Nehemiah is fixing to give them one of those speeches that, that just going to fire everybody up. He says, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. When the enemy comes, that's probably one of the quickest things that will help you. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. He tells them directly. One of the things we do know, the greatness of God will help us overcome any fear of man. You're to fear God. Your reverence is in God. And fear and faith, they can't live in the same heart. You can be fearful at first, but you have to take that step of faith. And say, Lord, I'm, I, I'm more afraid of disobeying you. And I'm going to take that step of faith. And the next thing, I, I want to hit the guys on this, and I'm sorry I do this, but I, I used to teach men's study, so I, I'm very funny about this. But he says for you to fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. In Joshua 24:15, at the very end, it says, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, one of the things that really stuck out to me, we're in the book of Genesis 2 on Wednesday nights. And we're in chapter 3. We've been in chapter 3 for many weeks. Because I'm just, I'm like, we're going to take our time as we go through chapter 3. But one of the things that stuck out to me was Genesis 3, verse 9, where he says, But the Lord God called to Adam and said, Where are you? When I read that, I was like, Where are you, men? Where are you as a husband? Where are you as a father? Where are you in your word? Where are you in your prayer life? Where are you in fellowship? We, we, we have a tendency for whatever reason we struggle. And I, the biggest problem that we have is not a pandemic of COVID. 
The biggest pandemic that we have in our nation today is fatherless homes. And I know that's not what people want to hear, but it affects every nationality, every ethnic group. It affects every one of them. And the highest dropout rate, the highest uh, kids in jail, highest addicts, highest suicides, they all come from fatherless homes. And that's been proven. And so where are you men? You're supposed to be fighting for your homes. This is what Nehemiah says. It's like, hey, these guys are looking at physically fighting for their home and that's what you're supposed to do because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour and he wants to devour your wife. He wants to devour your, your kids. If you're a grandparent, he wants to devour your grandchildren. Where are you? Fight. And finally, our last point, and we'll tighten it up here. And our God will fight for us. It says in verse 15, When our enemies heard that it was known to us that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall and each to his work. Do you understand what happens when you stand out and you show out for God? What happens is God shows up. God frustrated the enemy's plan. They didn't do anything but go back to work. And God frustrated the plan. And that's what is a reminder to us. Just go back and do the work of God. Don't allow the enemy to have control. In verse 16, it says, For that day of the uh, that day on, half my servants worked on construction, and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were in the building on the wall. And those who carried the burdens uh, were loaded in such a way that, the, that each labored on the work with one hand and held his uh, weapon with the other. Now this is a great picture of the church. They're all working together, knowing that, hey, the, God's frustrated their plans, but what are we going to do? Hey, we're still going to be prepared because the enemy's going to come back. And he does. He does. But they're prepared. And it's a reminder to us, like for us as well, it's like, I love this because they're moving the rocks and they have their, their sword in their hand. And so Psalm 18 verses 1 and 2 uh, says this. It says, uh, I love you, O Lord God, uh, O Lord my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer and my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So they, they, they have the rock in the hand. And then in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. They have the rock in one hand, removing it, and the sword in the other. What a great picture, right? It tells us in, in Psalm 119, 105, and y'all have heard this verse a thousand times, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Some of y'all are trying to walk in the dark because you don't never spend time in this. You'll hear pastors tell you till they're blue in the face, you need to spend time in your Word. Because that's how God, you hear from God. You hear in prayer, you hear in fellowship, you, but you hear from God daily through His Word. He's speaking to you through His Word. And that's why we always say spend time in God's Word. And you go, well, I can't read. Can you listen to it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
There's no excuse. Yeah. Pick a book, start a book, finish the book. And then move to the next one. We have to renew our minds. We have to actually, to know the will of God, we have to be in the Word of God. Again, it's, it's where is my biblical worldview? My biblical worldview is coming through, through God's Word. That's how I, how do I dictate what I do with my wife and my family? Is through the biblical worldview that I have. It's the lens that I lead my family with. Mm, so good. And so if, we're, if we don't have this light, this sword, what are you leading them with? You're probably leading them with this. Mm-hmm. What are they watching? What's going on in the house? What are they listening to? You know, most of the kids are listening to stuff they listen to now is pornography for the years. Yeah. Most of the, the, the regular hip-hop music that's out now, that's what it is. Yeah. Verse 18, it says, And each of the builders had the sword strapped at the side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me, and I said to the, the nobles and the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is greatly uh, great and widely spread. We are separated on the wall far uh, from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So they're like, when the enemy comes and they try to attack, we're going to sound the trumpet. And when we sound the trumpet, we're going to rally together. That's what the church is supposed to do. We, we, We sound the trumpet, we rally together. In Joel chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on the holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land uh, uh, tremble, uh, for the day of the Lord is coming, it is near. In Ezekiel 33, uh, 33, verse 6, it says, But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, so that the people are not warned, the sword comes and takes anyone of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require as at the watchman's hand. Sound the trumpet. Warn the people. Share the gospel. When's the last time you shared the gospel? And we'll just leave that there. Okay? Y'all need to do that. Finally, in verse 21, it says, So we labored at the work, and half of, the, uh, of them held spears for the break of the dawn until the stars come out. I also said to the people at the time, let every man and the servant pass the night with Jerusalem that they may be a guard for us not uh, by, for us by night and may labor by day. So, either, so neither I nor my brothers nor my servants nor the men of guard who followed me, none of us took our, off our clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand. They lived at, at the wall. Building, they were there 24-7. Working alongside of each other. And if the trumpet sounded, they all rallied and they fought. It is, uh, it is a reminder, and, and one of the beauties of this, this book is that they finished the wall in 52 days. And the work that they did set the stage for the Messiah. You read Nehemiah chapter 2, and it talks about the day of Nisan. A mathematician actually did the, the work, and, and it, it, to, the, to the exact day of, of the triumphal entry. 
But Nehemiah was a man of prayer. So what is our application? Has your faith been paralyzed by fear? Has the enemy paralyzed your faith? And we see that the first thing that we know is that Nehemiah did what? Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. I, I saw so many people, and, and I'm not, I understand people got sick, I understand people died, but I saw so many people during COVID just be frozen in fear. Yeah. And, 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 And for me, you know, one of the things I couldn't stop going to church. I was like, I got to be in church. We were closed. But I was like, I'm going to go do sound. I was back in the back doing sound. I was like, I got to be at church. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to understand, I am immune compromised. I have an autoimmune disease. I also have an illness called porphyria. And I didn't care. Because I was like, Lord, if you're going to take me home, you take me home. But I got I to gotta be in fellowship. I need to be doing the work of the Lord. I got to keep busy. That's why when we planted the church, I was like, we're planting in the middle of COVID. I don't know who's going to show up. I don't care. I thought it would just be me and Teresa week one, and we'd be like that probably for a year. And we just were like, let's go. God had put it on our hearts to do. Now, was there fear? Yeah. That's normal. But that fear of man, the fear of God, the reverence of God, out trump it trumps that every time. Mm-hmm. So if I if my my reverence and my fear is in God, that's where I need to go. I need to take that step of faith. Mm-hmm. Next, are are you an encourager or a discourager? Mm-hmm. Because we see Sam Ballad and Tobiah where not, where they were they were mocking and ridiculing, mm-hmm. and unfortunately we do have people in the church that love doing this too. They love gossip. And they love bringing people down and questioning things. It happens. But if you're if you're a discourager, you need to ask God to help you with that. That's right. God loves you. God wants to use you. God wants you to be an encourager. God wants you to be a peacemaker. Okay. Not don't use the language of the devil of ridicule and mocking people. Okay. And the two misused things and the. Especially for the armor of God. <laughs> Most of us don't know where it's at. But you need to put the armor of God on daily. But the armor of God, the thing that, that, that you need to, to use, especially that needs to be sharp, because some of y'all, it, it's like understanding that the Word of God, your sword needs to be sharp. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you have the Word of God on your heart, so when temptation comes, you can knock it right out of the head. You know, that's not from God. You have that temptation. Well, maybe I should look at... No, no, I don't want to look at that. Because that goes against God's Word. Again, you're filtering everything through the lens of the Bible. And then lastly is prayer. Can I tell you, even for myself, even as I put this study together, that was one of the things I was like, you know what, Joe... He, Pastor Joel didn't know that even in, as I was putting this together, I was like, I just believe I just got my teaching for January for the church. Because even for myself, prayer. We need to be men and women of prayer.
and be that example. So when you're you're all together and everybody's like, well, I don't know how we're gonna do this and that, let's pray. You're gonna be that person, and that person's gonna be like, I don't want to pray. I'm upset. I want to be able to say what I need to say. But you need those people that are like that. But you also need those prayer warriors in the church. And if you're one of them, man, don't stop praying. You can start praying for every empty chair. And the one thing you better never stop praying for is your pastor and his wife and their family because they're under attack all the time. All the time. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, If you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.